That's certainly a drive of mine to be a better version of myself. And then I use the goals and I have the aspirations to, to help me achieve that and help me to push the boundaries. Because without, without a set goal, you know, it would be very hard to, to really push through, through the limits that you need to push to get to get to this level. So, What's up, my fans? I am the mysterious creator of the Tommy Tohold Show, and you are listening to the Bashio Talk podcast with me as always. 17th century French, French philosopher Naya Rodriguez. I knew I'd fuck that up. <laughs> <laughs> that is not an easy thing to say. 17th century French philosopher. Okay, maybe maybe for me because I'm perfect, but other, well, otherwise, it, you know, there's a lot of alliteration going on there. Here's the thing I've noticed about me and my speaking. If I talk really fast, like I do in the intro, I can't say most sentences. Like when I record Tommy, I have to re-record almost every line because I'm talking so fast Mm -hmm. that I just fuck up all all the words. It -hmm. sounds like I had a stroke. But if I'm talking like normal, which I don't even know if I have a normal speed. I think I talk too fast all the time. But if I did have a normal speed, I could say words okay. But for some reason, I've chosen to speak so fast (laughs) that it is almost impossible to not sound like a dumbass on a regular basis. My drama teacher would punch me in the face right now if she knew I was talking this fast in performances. Because the one thing she always told me, always, slow down, stop going so fast. And I apparently did not listen to her. <sighs> How are you, Naya? It's the first. It's 2020. We're in a new century or new a new, new decade. decade. First <laughs> show after a little bit of a holiday hiatus, and it's good to we be bu- back. It's kind yeah. of weird, like something that you've spent what like two years or more doing it every week when we when we don't fuck up. <laughs> it's been three years. Yeah. It's crazy to, like, take a break and try to spend time with people in real life. That's always awkward. Um, But I don't know about you, but I was on a bender the entire time, so. Uh, A bender (laughs) how? (laughs) I don't know. It just sounded funny to say. Yeah, I know you don't drink, so. I don't. Uh, I don't drink or do drugs, so I, yeah, I really didn't do anything during the during the break. Honestly, <laughs> well, it's such boring. a. It's funny because I was thinking about this the other day because I was like, "Gosh, it just feels so long since we've done the podcast." You know, um, it's funny how we can take a break, right? Take a holiday, but like, I feel like for Americans in particular, like when you think about like European countries, when they when they say holiday, they're talking like full on vacation, right? Yeah. For us, it's like we're taking a break from work, perhaps, unless you get stuck working during the holidays, and then you have a bunch of work to do for the holidays. So it's not really a break, is it? It's like, you know, cooking a ham for everybody and like wrapping a million presents and cleaning up and, you know, like getting everything decorated. Like, that's not a holiday. That's just more work. (laughs) <laughs> I, I mean, look, more it is. It's just on top of what you already like. Yeah, I, as someone like us, uh, and I mean, I know I'm speaking for both of us here, but I think, I think we're on the same page. I, I the holidays just look. I, I like I said, I'm grateful. I'm like I obviously love you know the time, but it's like my God, please. <laughs> Please end. (laughs) I have to go back to a normal life. Absolutely. Like, I I cannot handle this. Yeah, it's it's especially, it's like when you're sick or when you have a a break. 
that's when you actually want to work, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're so right. It's like, man, I need a break. And then when you're on the break, got it. You're like, I just want to, I just want to work, and you can't. <laughs> they won't let you. Oh God. Well, I know but- for you in particular, it's hard because you turn into the Uber driver. See what you get for not drinking. I know exactly. There's exactly. only one solution. You're going to have to become an alcoholic. I will gladly after <laughs> this year. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we're back. The UFC also took a hiatus uh, after um, after Kamar Usman and Colby Covington threw down. Yeah, after uh, we had Kamar a break. Usman just was out there doing the Lord's work, right? Just just putting it on Colby. <laughs> Uh, ever since then, the UFC has also been on a break and we haven't, yeah, it's been a minute. Like it's, yeah. they've, it's just this week that they've come back. Mm-hmm. Oh, I take that back. There was a, there was like a random like fight in South Korea at like three in the morning, mm. but who, who saw that? <laughs> who saw that? Nobody did. You're lying. If you did now, nah, <laughs> nah, people who watch this show probably did, but for the most part, MMA's basically been on hiatus. Uh, and now, finally, in the uh, third week, second week of January, they're back. And, of course, they're back with the biggest name the sport has to offer. Conor McGregor is taking on Donald Cerrone for the nothing. It's a, it, The fight means literally nothing. Uh, <laughs> but it is the main event. <laughs> There's yeah. no stakes, but it is the main event. Uh, UFC 246, it goes down this Saturday in Nevada. Everybody's already there. Connor and Cowboy have done interviews. They've done scrums. There is a press conference tonight that starts uh, as of three hours of this recording. So three hours from now, they're both going now. I should say it's scheduled to start three hours from now. Uh, what time Connor McGregor decides, you know what, though? I'm going to go ahead and say Connor's there on time. You know why? Why do you, because... why do you open yourself up for this type of disappointment? <laughs> <laughs> no, here's, here's why I say Connor's going to be there on time. Uh, I don't even know who this guy is that showed up for fight week. Uh, this this particular Conor McGregor is, I don't know who. Yeah. But he, he seems like the type of guy that might show up on time to something. <laughs> uh, maybe I even so maybe too. even Maybe even bring a dish. You know, right? like he, didn't, he wasn't even asked. But he's Just like, a, hey, I actually need some macaroni. In, casserole in hand. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, it, it, we'll, we'll get into this Conor's demeanor this week. Um, but before we get to any of that stuff, how do you feel about this? So it has been a bit of a break for MMA. Um, are you are you excited about this card? What's your vibe that you get from just in general, other people, and then and then again yourself too? Like, what, how do you feel about this? Are you excited for UFC two forty six? Well, it's been a while, so I think this is exactly kind of what sports fans kind of needed. You know, football fans get a break. They, they get to right. miss. They get to miss. It's not because you don't want to watch it, because obviously we love mixed martial arts. It's that they tease you a little bit, right? So they take it away for a little while, and then you're like, okay, the season's starting back up. You know, you get excited. Um, so you don't really have that a lot in mixed martial arts. I saw a tweet the other day. Gosh, I should try to look it up. Um about how many hours total, like all the events were for UFC last year. And the amount of time was just crazy. Like if you watched oh every event, how much of your life basically you had dedicated to the I UFC in imagine. 2019. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like the panic that set into me when I saw that figure. I wish I could find that tweet. 
<laughs> it's like when your iPhone like gives you the weekly report on how much time you've been on it every day. You know what I mean? Where you're just like, God damn it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, yeah, I I do think it was nice to like let people let it marinate, especially with the card that we just had. Like that was that was a good card, the Kobe and Usman card. Um oh end yeah. year on a high note and then come back with with one of your bigger stars, I feel like that's a great way to like try to try to start with the bang in 2020, you know, uh, as far as the card itself, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm torn about it. Right. Because there's big names at the top and then you've got Holly, obviously, which is like, okay, I want to watch her and, and Raquel, but I don't know, like overall the card isn't something that I want to run to. It'll, it's just something that I'll watch, you know? And when you think about the way that the UFC views Conor McGregor as, like, this big star, it's odd that they didn't put him on a card that just felt a little bit more stacked up, if you know what I mean. And that's no Let's disrespect see. to all the other fighters on the card. It's just, you'd think there'd be, like, a, a title fight, uh, uh, the co-main would be for another belt, throw in, like, a bad motherfucker challenge in there somewhere, um, you know, stack it up that way. But see, that's the thing. This used to be, th- this is what things have changed. This, it used to be all you needed was Conor McGregor. Yeah. It was uh, to, you know, steal a quote from Conor, you break out the red panties. It's a, it's a celebration. <laughs> night, You're rich. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, this is the culmination of your life when right. Conor McGregor shows up for a card. And here we are talking about like, eh, the undercards kind of, like that's the fact that we're even having that conversation, right? To me, just says that this, this, things are different. Oh, like, things are absolutely different. There's so yeah, many variables really that make this such a weird fight. I mean, first you've got somebody that's been gone for a long time, right? Correct. So the excitement just isn't as there as it was. He's coming off of a loss, right? Um, right. The fight itself. The the fact that it's for for nothing really but the money, <laughs> just for the, the that cash. Right? Yeah. The, the fight um, has no. It's not yeah, that it won't exactly. make it entertaining. It's just that there's no within rankings or within you know the status of the belt. There's no resonance there as to what it means, what the implications are. Uh, certainly means a lot for Conor McGregor's return. It means a lot for Donald Cerrone to try to beat this guy that is considered one of the most popular stars in the sport or was at some point. But he's been gone for a while. He's coming off of a loss. There's nothing that they're fighting for other than, you know, like to say the only reason that I mention that, because obviously we want to just watch good fights. A title doesn't have to be on the line every time a fight happens to make it interesting. But the UFC's marketing implies that that is something that matters to them. You know, if you look right. at the way that they've set up their fights for the last couple of years, like it is important for them to have a belt at every single pay-per-view. Whatever belt that yeah. is, even if they make it up. <laughs> like there right. needs this to be a belt. This is the rare event that's the exception, exactly. Right. So so you've taken that away. You've excuse me, there's somebody that with a very small dick outside my my house that needs to wrap <laughs> their motorcycle up in the middle of our podcast. Should I scream outside? Like, I'm recording Bushido <laughs> talk, you bastard. You know, sorry. Um, <clears throat> they've conditioned us, 
right? They're the ones that set the precedent as an organization that this matters, that a belt matters at every single event. So the fact that there isn't one, it doesn't make me not want to watch it, but it certainly doesn't have the same feel to it. Um, so there's that. Uh, Conor McGregor, with the with the controversy that he's had over the past two years, there is that dark cloud as well. And I feel like that's reflected in the media. I feel like even in the coverage of him and of this return and of the fight, uh, you see this weird dance, you know, where you want to talk about things, but people are afraid to address the elephants in the room. And uh, what does it say about people that are watching with this cloud hanging over this guy's head? Um, what is what are the implications of, you know, if, if he's found to have done something wrong and he was still allowed to fight in the UFC? It's a very strange. I don't know. What do you do you understand what I'm saying? Like, it's such a weird from from a perspective of the people that you get to normally push the fights for you. The media, it just feels like there's you can't really scream his name out. Like there's not as much of a push to get all the clips, to get all the the marketing out um, because it's hard to like market somebody that's involved in this turmoil that's alleged to have done something like that. You know what I mean? But I think it's, 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 it's a combination of like all these things. Like, yeah, that is obviously a big part of it too. Like there is, and, and, you know, there's been calls by media members to, you know, Hey, you need to ask Connor about this directly. And Ariel Hawani did uh, in an interview this week, ask, Connor about uh, the allegations and, um, you know, it's not like he could say much, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, in in this particular situation, but he did seem uh, a bit upset by, uh, not by the question, I guess, just maybe by the situation, but whatever the case is there. Yeah, so obviously, like, the fact that the biggest reporter in all of MMA is asking that question of the biggest fighter. I mean, that's clearly something that's on people's minds. Right. So you you have that factored in. Well, I think, um, too, it's like, how can you get away with being with calling yourself a journalist if you have another opportunity to interview him and you don't confront him on the issue? You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it'll be I'll be curious if anybody asks him about it during the presser tonight especially after because it seemed like it seemed like the sort of the MMA media was like somebody needs to do it and then like you know everybody's kind of like sheepishly like turning their head away like god don't don't call on me to do it <laughs> um you know because of the well you know, the the backlash that could come with it right well yeah um, i mean it's their allegations it's working its way through the justice system in ireland there's no way to know i mean look i hope right. that none of this stuff happened I don't want, like, even somebody that, I don't dislike Conor McGregor, but even if I did, I wouldn't want to know something that horrible, like, that that he did. Yeah. I wouldn't want him to have done that, you know? Um, so, how do you root for somebody that you're unsure if those things are true or not? It's really, yeah, it's, it's really strange. It's definitely, yeah, they're, they're, like you said, it, it sort of looms over the event, whether mm-hmm. people want to probably admit that or not. It's certainly there. Like, I think there's there's a contingent of fans that are kind of just, like, trying to block it out of their head, where they're just like, I just want to see a fight, and I don't, you know, and I hate to say that I've seen that, but I have seen that, where fans are just like, I don't really care. Like, right. I just want to see a fight, and I think they're trying to block it out. But then, you, of course, like you said, there's all these discussions because he's in the limelight again. This is his big return. So, naturally, this major thing that is, you know, uh, 
potentially going to happen in his life is going mm-hmm. to be brought up, of course. So I agree, it does. It, it looms over the event. There's just a lot going into this week that has, I would argue, not since Dennis Seaver, has there been a less enthusiastic week for a Conor McGregor event. Right. By fans. And Tennessee, and that was like, right. So, like, he's he's making his rise up the featherweight ranks back then. And then it was the Dennis Seaver fight, and everybody was kind of like, why? "Eh." Yeah. Right. They were like, why? And then, you know, after that, it was. He was still able to make that entertaining, at least from uh, from doing his stick, you know, like. Right. That's true. So he had that going for him, but he can't really do that right now. You and know. he hasn't, and I think that's really been a big part of this too, right? Like you, this this Conor McGregor that showed up this week, and whether it affects the fight, I mean, who knows how he's going to fight on Saturday right. night? I I imagine he will win the fight, but that doesn't necessarily mean he will. But you know, he he's such a he, different. Um, I, it doesn't even seem like it's Conor McGregor. Like mm-hmm. it's it, if this if this was the guy that showed up in the UFC. Uh, you know, at the beginning of his career, uh, th- we wouldn't be talking about Conor McGregor. Like he- he's sort of not doing what people expect him to do, and I don't know if that's necessarily. I know it's just weird. Well, I don't know what to call it, but it's not like li- in the interview with with uh, Ariel. Now, of course, I say that, but at the same time, he's like, you know, I want to be the welterweight champion. I want to be the lightweight champion. Habib mm-hmm. is scared of me. I'm gonna win a boxing championship. I want to fight Floyd Mayweather. I mean, all these ridiculous things. Right. But he's not saying them like he was saying them in the past. I don't know how to describe it, but the, the demeanor yeah, he's of him. Almost, he's not outlandishly screaming it into the void and like, yeah. you know, it, it's like he's gone from the guy on usual suspects that's like give me the fucking keys cocksucker motherfucker <laughs> right from that guy to like zen yoda um <laughs> where like he's saying something but it's more of an affirmation that he's like right? hoping to manifest than it is like i'm gonna like i'm gonna take this belt and then i'm gonna sleep with your wife and then dana your job is mine right yeah he seems like a little bit a little bit subdued yeah almost so i don't really know what that is and and i don't know how it's probably a lot of things i mean it's probably the fact that he's been gone for a long time he understands that he needs to prove himself um he's trying to stay focused because of the fact that you know if he if he got out of hand in the last fight and he feels like that was one of the reasons that he lost that fight he's gonna try to you know take this from a different approach but he can't do it also like from a pr perspective you can't run that mouth when you have these kinds of allegations against you all all it takes is for somebody to bring it up and then that shuts you completely down even even if you didn't do it and you just can't speak on it because you're barred from speaking about it you know like it just i feel like it's it's also partly just don't even open the door for that you know right he doesn't want to yeah if they didn't have a little talking to with cerrone like you can't bring this up the the ufc you know oh yeah i mean i wouldn't be shocked I mean, we've, um, I want somebody to ask Cerrone the question of how he feels fighting somebody that has those allegations against them. I feel like that would be an interesting question from the press. It would be, but I bet people wouldn't like the answer. What do you mean? I feel like Cerrone would say something ridiculous. 
But yeah, that might be a way that like a reporter kind of um, works it into. And I haven't seen every cowboy interview this week. So maybe somebody has asked him at this point. It could be. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I know, generally speaking, both of them have been very cordial to each other. Uh, You haven't seen a lot of trash talk. Connor has said, you know, little tiny things here and there that are a bit more brash. And then obviously Donald's, you know, confident in his own abilities. But in terms of, like, trash talk, like, I I imagine this press conference tonight and watch you know i say that watch this will be the craziest press conference (laughs) right for some reason like john jones like pushes dc (laughs) and they're not even on the card (laughs) yeah exactly like who knows maybe i'll end up being the craziest one ever but if i had to make a prediction about this presser i would imagine it's going to be pretty subdued probably and yeah i think in in that regard conor mcgregor is very lucky because a lot of his press conferences, um, a lot of his press conferences, I mean, just the Nurmagomedov one, just as an ex- just for example sake. I mean, I made fun of it in a tweet, but like he literally went from like th- his daddy to like talking about his culture to like bringing up Putin to the entire history of his of the empire to like he he brought out the receipts of like every dirty thing going on that he had heard rumors about or like you know he yelled those at the top of his uh at the top of his lungs at this guy where's who who, what was the name that kid where's uh noah Noah. yeah um yeah i think connor's very very lucky in that people are affording him the grace that he never afforded to other people in this regard with what's going on with his life, with the rumors and the allegations and like, you know, all that stuff. Like, I think, Oh yeah. Cause if 20, I think he's if 20, lucky. if uh, 2016 Connor was fighting today, Connor, you can guarantee that 2016 Connor would be bringing it up. Yeah. And I think, I think in that regard, uh, that could also be why he's subdued. Obviously we're just, we're just analyzing and like, you know, uh, guessing. We don't know him personally. Um, well, no, of course. But I think that, you know, he's he should take a life lesson from this. Uh, obviously, today's not over, right? The week's not over. The fight hasn't happened. There's, like, yeah. ample opportunity for somebody to, to do something. But as of yet, I have yet to see anybody, you know, people have given him grace that he's never given others. Um, and he's lucky in that regard because it would be very easy to destroy that kid verbally with everything that's going on whether fair or not fair like uh because you know all the things that he said about khabib literally everybody that he's fought he's brought up stuff about their past and stuff about you know he he didn't vet any of this stuff like he didn't go out and like hire a private investigator to make sure it was true he like pulled a page out of like the propaganda handbook and just spouted stuff off to make it true because he was saying it. You know what I mean? Um, so somebody could easily do that to him here. And from what I've seen, they have not. Uh, so he's he's lucky that other people aren't him <laughs> or the person that he used to be. But here's the question. You know, Donald Cerrone is not. But what happens when he fights Habib again? Yeah, what happens it, if he fights again, yeah, I, Usman? Like, I you know, definitely oh. think there's still opportunity, but hopefully, 
by then, like this situation is resolved and people have some answers. That's very true. That would be, yeah. Which ideal, is what they right? should have done they... before they brought him back at all. Right. And we talked about that on the show. That's what we both felt like it, that would have been the best option. Yeah. Um, but at least for the UFC, obviously for Connor, you're sitting out a considerable amount of time, you know, during your career. But right. as a, if I were the company, the UFC, I'm worried about myself. I'm not worried about Connor McGregor. Right. But, uh, yeah. So this is, it's, it's all very strange. It, it, it's definitely a funky week. And you also have these like this this over analysis of like everything that's said by either of them or by like their camps. Um, but you also just I don't know. And again, I might be wrong and we're never going to know because, uh, you know, this is just how uh, the UFC works now where we don't really get the pay-per-view numbers anymore. I was going to bring that but up. Yeah, I just have this feeling like that. This is that there's just not the hype here this week that there has been in the past. And I think part of it is some of the stuff we've already talked about. But I think another part of it is just the fight itself. It's it's not... So, like, back in uh, back when Pride was still around, they tried to make Chuck versus Vandy, and it was like the billing was supposed to be like, hey, this is the best light heavyweight outside the UFC versus the best light heavyweight in the UFC. We're going to see who's the best light heavyweight in the entire world and the fight fell apart and we got it we got the fight later eventually but chuck had lost his belt vandy was no longer a champion and it was still cool but it was just like i feel like we missed this one by just a couple fights and i feel the exact same way about this fight if the donald cerrone that was on a three-fight run mike perry alexander hernandez ally quinta had fought conor mcgregor i think there would be considerably more hype just for the fact that it was donald he was going on a run he was doing things that you know we were excited again we we're thinking maybe hey maybe he's got a career resurgence right and that's not to say he's never he's not competitive he's always competitive but like he was winning fights but now we're coming into this one with Donald having lost to Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje back to back, he got beat up real bad in the Tony Ferguson fight. Remember his eye exploded? Mm-hmm. And then Justin Gaethje fucked him up. Right. And so now this is the fight. But it's yeah. like, it just feels so weird. It doesn't feel like it, like even if Connor wins, does this fight really mean anything? I think the only, look, if it's, if it's an incredible fight with like the most intense back and forth, like Lawler yeah. McDonald level of fight, then that's one thing. Like it's one for the books and it's like the, you know, Dana's going to be like, you see, like while he rubs his like dick in your face, right? Like you see, I told you, you know what I mean? Like, but if it's just a mediocre fight, if it isn't competitive, other than Conor McGregor losing, it has no implications. That's a good point. The only real impact is if Connor loses, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, look. That's a great point. I feel, I don't want people to get the wrong impression when we have these conversations. Like we're, because I'm not discounting Cerrone's ability to beat Connor McGregor. Well, no, of course. Right. I actually feel like he's not, people aren't giving him a, the credit that, that he's due here. Um, I feel like it could be a really interesting matchup on its own, but Cerrone is that guy that like he's like a cat he's got nine lives like he goes he comes back he goes he comes back like I, we don't see him as the champ the one that's like the barrier to entry like he's the guy that like 
he's like a Joe Lozon, where like all their fights are great. We love right. watching him, but we don't see them as like implications in the greater title picture. You know what I mean? Um, right. So for Cerrone, it's not like there are no stakes. Obviously, the the dude wants to get paid. He wants to beat Conor McGregor to say that he beat Conor McGregor. If if you're fighting a Ronda Rousey type, you want to kick kick her in the head. You want to put her down. You want to be the Holly Holm. You want to have that aura that like the likes of Diaz and Habib have. You right. want to be that that little the lack of a uh, you want to be the 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 stain on their legacy right that outlier that actually beat this guy so i think for somebody like donald absolutely like it matters it matters that you know he wants to beat conor mcgregor uh i think for conor if he wins i don't know if it will say a lot because a lot of people are expecting him to win um yeah if he and then again like he's not moving anywhere he's not getting a belt so it's like okay um sure it's i'm sure it's nice for you to get a win but that's something that like you get not the fans get right um right right of course so if he loses though i don't know it's like the same thing that happened to Ronda Rousey when she got beat by Holly Holm, a, a total underdog in the eyes of everybody that was watching the fight, except for, like, people in her camp and, like, the people that, like, bet right. Hunter K on her, you know? Like, most people, they completely overlooked Holly Holm. And when Ronda lost, that's the place that connor is kind of at except with less fanfare because people can't really talk about the fight without feeling gross you know um it's i don't know i don't know what his frame of mind was when he took that fight or if he just wanted to take any fight that the ufc would give him and see that's the other thing like obviously connor mcgregor has a lot of pull in connor mcgregor's career Mm -hmm. i have to believe that if he wanted a different fight he would have gotten it so you're right. Like, what does this say about this current version of Conor McGregor that he wanted a Donald Cerrone fight in this situation? And when you hear him talk about it, he's like, oh, me and Donald have a long history and like, but it, it doesn't really have any like this is not. And it's funny because like Ariel Helwani, I remember, was like defending this to death when they first announced it. And he's like, he's been gone for two years. Like, it's it makes sense. He has to fight. He, for some reason, <laughs> sounded like Jerry Seinfeld. Come on, what are you doing? Yeah, no, he's in the fight. No, but seriously, like, he he was, like, talking about it over and over. Like, he needs a warm-up. It's been two years. Come on. Like, what are you people thinking? But, like, Conor McGregor has, has created this persona that everything he does is the biggest thing that, that is possible. Everything he does is the most important thing ever. Right. Like, it, there was a point in 2016... That if Connor like came out and said, I will fight Steve Miocic for the heavyweight title in Cleveland, <laughs> I would have been like, that probably sounds about right. Right. On the back and, of a moving fire truck. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, seriously, like that was that was his level of ambition. Yeah. It was like, I will do everything that's ever possible. I will fight Floyd Mayweather. We're not just taking part. We're taking over. Yeah, exactly. So it's like you're selling. You've been selling me this guy. For four years, five years, and then I'm supposed to just accept that he's going to fight a two-fight skid Donald Cerrone for nothing? Mm-hmm. Like, that just doesn't even play right. It doesn't match 
the character that we got before this. So yeah, like I do wonder like what kind of frame of mind is he even in? It's not to say that he won't, like you said, like obviously Donald could win the fight. He's, he's a fucking fantastic fighter, but the expectation is Connor will win, but it's like, what, what, what purpose does this serve other than I guess to, to maybe, maybe in his head, he feels like, yeah, I need to get my shit back together. I need to prove to myself that I can win a fight and I don't I don't want to take a giant risk because another loss could be devastating. Right. So I'm going to start with something that I feel like is a little bit more comfortable. Could Maybe be. that's what he's saying in his head. I mean, yeah. it's, it's hard. It's impossible to know. But I do find it. And, and even though people have been trying to, like I said, Ariel in particular was really going on about this. I feel like I, I strongly disagree. Because this is not this is not the persona we have been sold since literally the start, since this guy showed up. It is very out of character. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I don't know. I guess the the regardless of, of the road that took us here, we are definitely here. Like this is the destination. Right? Yeah. What do you think as far as that fight, how it's gonna go down and who's gonna win? Like who are you? Thinking is going to I mean, it. it's one of those things where I feel like it's I, you, I try not to overthink it, because if you overthink this one, you can really get into a lot of there's been so much analysis of this fight. It's kind of funny. But like if, if you said to me, hey, Conor McGregor and Donald Cerrone are going to fight, I'd probably just pick Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. You know, he's obviously really, really powerful striker. He has now experienced boxing with the greatest boxer in the world. Mm hmm. Um, and you he's know, been working kind of on you, his ground game. He's really been building, building that up, you know? Yeah, he's been, he's been doing all kinds of stuff. He doesn't have to cut weight for this fight. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be coming in fresh. I, I just, yeah, like if you told me who, who's going to win this fight, I, my number one guess would be that Connor's going to put him away pretty quickly. That said, I have discounted Donald Cerrone mm-hmm. more times than I can remember yeah and been shocked by the outcome uh one fight in particular that comes to mind recently and i think a lot of people felt this way was alexander hernandez Mm. so here's this young cocky guy coming in here you know headstrong he's kicking the shit out of a lot of people uh he was 10 and 1 going into the fight and yeah, it looked like, okay, this is the UFC feeding uh, old man Cerrone to to this young stud. And he fucked him up. He fucked Alexander Hernandez up for two rounds. I mean, he really beat the shit out of him. And I remember thinking, like, whoa, that was actually not... Like, you, you cannot sleep on Donald Cerrone because mm-hmm. he will do stuff to people. And he did the same thing to Ally Aquinta. Right. Now, Al is tough as shit and he went five rounds. But, like, he fucked him up. Like, he beat the shit out of, out of Ally Aquinta. Uh-huh. And Al has even said later in interviews that he's never been beat up that bad in his entire life. Mm. I mean, this is the guy that fought Habib. This is a, like, you know, Al's tough as hell. And that was his assessment of what happened. Look what he did to Rick Story. Now, I know Rick Story is not, you know king shit or anything but right that combo that he finished rick story with i i was like what the fuck what is this a movie <laughs> like it, or like mortal Kombat? it was like a seven hit combo <laughs> and then he head kick ko'd matt brown matt fucking brown yeah and this is when matt was brown was crazy. still you know a big deal right right he's got wins over benson henderson he's got wins over you know jeremy stevens charles Oliveira. yeah he's beaten some bad motherfuckers he has. He's beaten some bad motherfuckers, and he's fought 
a lot. He's fought a lot more than Connor has. Right. So all that said, like, yeah, I'm obviously picking Connor, but if he gives Donald an opening, it could end up really badly for Connor. That's right. what I think. I'll what take Cerrone just to, to just to play devil's advocate. I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh, um, what about Holm and uh, Raquel? Didn't Holly yeah. beat her before? Right? Like, Holly beat Raquel before, didn't she? Or I believe am I, so. Has, has the break been too long? Let me look that up. I'm pretty sure she did. I think you're right. And yeah, I think Pennington fight... home <clears throat> uh, split decision win. Oh, it was her first UFC fight. Yeah. I remember Back when Holly in came in, I thought she was going to, like, beat everybody. Right. Because she was she was fighting um, in, like, Legacy FC. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching her on, like, HDNet. And she was, like, knocking out everybody. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, she's going she's gonna to fuck people up. Right. Um, I didn't think, I didn't know she was going to beat Ronda Rousey. But. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, so, no, I agree, and man, this is, when you look at that the, the latter half of Holly's UFC career, what a rough run she's had. Um, she lost three straight after beating Ronda, right? She loses mm-hmm. to Misha Tate, Shevchenko, Durandamy, she beats Betch Kohea, she loses to Cyborg, she beats Megan Anderson, she loses to Amanda Nunes. Obviously, she's fighting some of the top, I mean, literally the best ever, but it's like, damn, you know? So she really needs this win. Uh, Raquel is so tough. She's just one of those, like, long time. She's very much like Donald Cerrone. She's like, she's been around for forever. She beats some really good fighters. Uh, and she's just a veteran. Like, she's not gonna, you know, she's not gonna let you just walk all over her. Right. Um, but if I had to, if I had to pick that fight, I think Holly Holm would still win. I still think Holly Holm has a lot to offer Mm -hmm. that she probably hasn't been able to... I don't know, just the fights just don't go her way. But I think her record does not indicate her level of ability because she really has fought the top tier of top tier. And, and again, not to take anything for, away from Raquel Pennington, but I feel like she's probably, you know... Forged in fire. Yeah, yeah, she exactly. She's literally fought, like, the best ever right. um, over and over and over again. So Raquel, Raquel's yeah. been that way as well, though. I mean, she's been... She's had her ups and downs as well. Um, yeah, no, she has for sure. I think that I totally if agree. Holly is able to keep her distance, she utilizes her kicks and she takes advantage of the fact that she's got the reach advantage. Like she definitely could do a lot of damage. She could she could win. But I think that Raquel might be a little bit stronger on the ground. Um, yeah, no, for sure. But yeah, I, I, I do think Holly has the advantage there. Most definitely. Cardio wise, too. I think that Holly has the conditioning, a lot better conditioning than Raquel does. Oh, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. So, I mean, uh, yeah, so the, the, this is UFC 246. To, to quote Max Holloway, it is what it is. And we're going to. It is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, the best is blessed, baby. So, <laughs> we're going to see how this one plays out, and then uh, we'll get back to you guys about it. Obviously, uh, I think we've said pretty much everything that needs to be said about this card. And then uh, whatever happens, happens. It is what it is. Like like I said, it, it'll, <laughs> it'll be an interesting one. It'll be historically relevant, possibly. And maybe this press conference tonight's the craziest shit ever and we're totally wrong. But yep. we'll find out how this all plays out this Saturday. It's all, it's all coming to a head. Conor McGregor's return. Yep. A, a bit of breaking news that I think we should discuss. This is per Ariel Helwani. 
on his Twitter account, Robert Whitaker is out of his March 7th UFC 248 fight with Jared Cannonier due to undisclosed personal reasons, sources say. Uh, UFC That's is trying strange. to keep Cannonier on the card, but no opponent is locked in yet, I'm told. Interesting. It's it's kind of worrying, right? Um, yeah. Robert has I mean, been... personal reasons that you think will extend into March? Right. Right. Like that's, that's, yeah, that's coming. Exactly. So that's the, that's the question, right? It's like, um, and, and the reason I say it's concerning is, and again, I'm not trying to, I, I think it's important not to, um, speculate. Yeah. Try to speculate or assume we know what's going on. Cause obviously we don't, we have no idea what's going on. We don't know anything about literally anything. Yeah. Literally <laughs> nothing. We don't know shit. <laughs> But when you see that headline, I'm just going from my own personal, like, thought in my head. When I see that headline, the first thing that comes to my head is him talking about his depression and, and dealing with that in the past. And I'm, th- and I'm, I'm starting to mm-hmm. wonder, like, you know, is that, is that something that's affecting him? Yeah. You know, which is perfectly okay, but it's like, that's, that's what goes to my head, so I, it makes me worry is all. Mm-hmm. Um, of course... It's his own personal reasons. It's none of our business. Like, he can he can keep it to himself if he wants. Um, but that's kind of, like, the first thing that popped into my head. And, again, I'm not I'm not trying to speculate that, that that's what it is. I'm saying, like, that's where when, your head in my mind. And yeah, that's where that, my head yeah. went when I saw that headline. And I, and I hope he's okay. Me too. Uh, you know, so, but, yeah, that's... Um, it's strange to see them pull, for personal reasons, you know, so far out. Um, yeah, it, it, like you said, it's quite a ways away. I mean, you're talking mm-hmm. about several months. Yeah. Well, I hope that everything's okay and whatever it is that it gets better, you know? Yeah, I hope so too. Whatever, whatever the case is. And, and cause he's had such a long road. Like he, you remember he had the, the stomach issues mm-hmm. that kept him out for a long time. And, you know, <clears throat> he's just, he's been on a rough run for the last couple of years here, even though he was champion. Right. Because he right. had the fight with Yoel Romero, which is like, who knows how many years that takes years off a human's of, life. Yeah. Just just being in a cage with Yoel. Off his soul. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and he did, ten, he did 50 minutes with Yoel Romero. My God. And then to lose to Adesanya, and it's like, it's in Australia in front of 60,000 people. Right. I mean, it was a big, it was a big deal. And yeah, I don't know. Uh, let's just, let's hope he's okay and, and everything's all right. But that, yeah, that is, that is what's happening. He's, he's not going to be, uh, on that card anymore. Uh, that was going to be a huge fight for Jared Cannonier. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you're talking about a guy who sort of just made it to where people are like, cause he, he bumped down to middleweight, right? Like he was, uh, he started as a heavyweight and then kept losing weight <laughs> and now he's a middleweight and he's kicking people's asses. I mean, he's got wins over... David Branch, Anderson Silva, and Jack Hermanson. And you're like, man, this dude's on the come up. And of course, a win over Robert Whitaker immediately puts you in title contention. But now, I mean, I, I don't even know what you do um, in terms of who he could fight. Because you've got rumors that Adesanya and Romero are going to fight each other. So you can't put him against Romero. I, I don't know what happens to, to Jared Cannonier here. I think he, um, they, like I said, it, it said from the report there that they're trying to save the fight, but I don't, I don't know. I guess Paulo Costa, but if I'm Paulo Costa, I I deserve a title shot. I don't want to fight again, and I definitely don't want to fight fucking Jared Cannonier. Fuck that. <laughs> I mean, that's like a, that's, 
just no thank you. you. You want me to fight like the guy that's on the biggest come up in the division after I've already proved myself and I could lose my spot? No thank you. Right. That's a hard sell there. You're going to have to pay me a lot of money to take that fight. And But he hasn't, he's beaten everybody. You know who it is? I'll tell you who they're going to get. Kelvin Gastelum. Mm. I don't know if he's mm. got a fight, but I bet you that's who they try to get. Yeah. Because I'll tell you what, there's a, there's something about Kelvin Gastelum, and it, it doesn't even, his record isn't even indicative of it. It doesn't even matter. If you beat Kelvin Gastelum, like, that's like a mark of like, um... I don't know. Like you, okay, you did it. Like you're, you can beat one of the toughest guys. Even when he's down, he's still like the worst fight. Nobody wants to fight Kelvin Gastelum. So that makes sense to me. He needs a win. He's on a two fight losing streak, right? He lost that unbelievable fight to Israel. And then he loses to Darren Till at 244. Really lackluster fight, but it was a split. That's the fight. I bet you. I bet you that's the fight. Kelvin Gastelum, Jared Cannonier. I'm calling it right now. We'll see. We'll see if your Oracle prediction comes to fruition there. It rarely, rarely does. Nostradamus. <laughs> Nostradamus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it rarely, rarely comes true. I'm, I'm not very good at guessing. Oh, goodness. Um, shall we move on I was to- on the website for the UFC, you know, doing yeah. my usual bitching about the website by the UFC. And when I right. scrolled all the way down to the bottom, there's this button that you can push that says, do not sell my personal information. What? Yeah. Go to the UFC isn't that, website. Isn't that already implied? <laughs> <laughs> Go to the UFC website. Okay, I'm at UFC.com. Scroll all the way down to the bottom to like where the where the copyright is. Okay, um, hold on, I got an ad for Van Housen Flex. I don't know what's going on. Why can't I get this <laughs> off my screen? Okay, here we go. Jesus Christ! Oh, do not sell my personal information. And you can click on that. I want to click on it, but what does it mean? Like, what what will it? You do? have to fill out a form with oh, your no. personal information. To, like, get it not to sell your personal information? It says, use this web form to exercise your right to opt out of sale of your personal information to third parties. Enter your first name, last name, email, phone number, country. Social security number, address. It's like child's social security number, where you'll be tomorrow at 3 o'clock so we can whoop your fucking ass for opting out. Hilarious. (laughs) That's creepy. What the crap? I mean, that's probably like Dana, every website. Yeah. Dana's like out here, got his hands in everything, right? <laughs> Is there like <laughs> some business. new law where they have to ultimate, put that little thing? Ultimate information selling championship. Like ultimate he's got a... information <laughs> championship. <laughs> Got like everything. ultimate gaming and like ultimate what was that what was their poker thing ultimate gambling oh that's right ultimate poker yeah yeah, yeah. i care what it was oh my ultimate god that's so funny privacy invasion like at this point if the ufc selling information they've got everything on me i mean from the fucking right they they know they know my own entire everything so yeah they know I'm, everything about you the second that ago. you went they knew this everything about you the second you went to that ufc event <laughs> Dana shook your hand. (laughs) They knew everything about you. They took some DNA. They took a DNA sample from. They took a hair, and they've got they know everything about drank out of the cup you drank out of after you left. They put it in like a plastic baggie, right? Like uh, they could frame me for fucking murder if they wanted to. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Oh Jesus, that's funny. I, I I'm starting to wonder if that's like something that like. Every website has to do now. We just don't know about it because they're like 
hide it at the bottom of the fucking page. Yeah, I, I've never seen it before. That's why it stood out to me. I I've like, never seen that either. That's crazy. Oh my God, that's so fucking funny. Wow. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I just assume like everything uh, of mine has been stolen and sold uh, right. time and time again at this point. So you're just giving up. You're just like, eh, fine. Yeah, it's all I don't have privacy anymore. <laughs> My privacy has been stolen uh, um, long ago. Uh, shall else? we dive into recommendations? We're, we're almost out of time. The show's almost over, believe it or not. Oh, wow. Um... Yeah, I guess. Let's dive into recommendations. You go first. Yeah, do you have time, something time flies. I do. So I'm going to I'm gonna just kind of do like a little bit of a shotgun uh, recommendations here where I'm just kind of going to throw some stuff out. Not like super like long in-depth recommendations, but like, hey, if you're watching some shit, put these things on. Okay, the first two, eh, you know, it's like everybody's watching it right now, but okay. But if you're not watching it, maybe check it out. Uh, the Witcher on Netflix. Fantastic. I only saw one episode so far. But the first episode was brilliant. Uh, Henry Cavill's doing really well in it as uh, Geralt. If you played The Witcher 3, then you're probably familiar with the character. But you're mm-hmm. probably not as familiar with like his past. And this literally starts at the beginning. So there is no like, oh, well, I need to catch up to find out what the... It's like literally the start of the story and you'll find out all these things about him. And uh, you'll recognize some characters in it and stuff too, so... But yeah, uh, The Witcher seems to be really good. Uh, something else I've only seen one episode of, but was really fascinating and super duper dark, uh, is another thing that's super popular right now, which is Don't Fuck With Cats. Um, <gasps> oh my god, you took my recommendation. Oh no, well I'm not going to say anything else about that. I'll <laughs> no, let you no, actually no, no, explain no, go it. Ahead, go ahead. I've only seen the first episode, so I'm going to let you take the rest of that when, I, when it comes time. Um, but so that's a, that's, a, that's a double recommendation there for us. Yep. Uh, another one that you should check out, that's on Netflix right now is the hilariously terrible uh, 2007 Ghost Rider movie starring Nicolas Cage. It is fantastically bad. Uh, it, it's Nick Cage at his Nick Cageiest, and I think I've probably said that before, but it's true. Uh, just just him screaming at the camera as he transforms into Ghost Rider is worth the price of admission, which is free. So. Uh, definitely check that one out. It's got uh, Eva Mendez in it. Uh, Sam Elliott is in it, which is always a treat. And it's just bad. It's just bad, but good in a bad way. <laughs> and uh, one more shotgun recommendation. I will go with... Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm torn between Red Dawn, the original, and Event Horizon. So Event Horizon is this super fucked up space horror film. Really, really disturbing. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne's in it, Sam Neill. It's not the best movie, but the it is just downright like, ugh. it'll fuck with you. It, it's pretty dark. Uh, if you're if you're not uh, into seeing gory shit, definitely don't put that on. Because man, what is oh it man, called again, Event Horizon. Okay, I thought that's what you said. Yeah, it is super dark. It's very, it's almost Lovecraftian as well, um, in terms of like the cosmic horror of it. But yeah, I, I would go with that one. And then, uh, if you've never seen the original Red Dawn, god damn, that is a somber film. Um, that is just not a fun movie. It's basically, I don't know if you ever, if you guys know the premise or not, but essentially like a, um, invasion of the United States, uh, by the Soviet Union. Uh, more specifically, the Cuba. Um, but they were obviously allied at the time. You're talking about the 80s. Uh, so it's like Cold War stuff. Cold War propaganda, essentially. <laughs> but you have these kids in this small little town in the middle of nowhere. I can't remember what. But I think they're in Colorado or something. 
trying to deal with. They basically become a, a gorilla group. Uh, <laughs> and the lady from Dirty Dancing is in it. And uh, Charlie Sheen and Patrick Swayze. It is much darker than I remembered it being. I saw it not too long ago again. Anyway, those are my shotgun recommendations. And now I will shut the hell up and let you actually talk about something that's worth talking about. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> those were good recommendations. I'm so jazzed that you got to watch even just the first episode of Don't Fuck With Cats. What do you think of the first episode? Oh, it was brilliant. Now, I will say this. I will preface my thoughts on it with, I was already very familiar with the case. Oh, um, okay. So you already knew about it. Interesting. Yeah, so yeah, I, I got on this... heard of it. Well, I got on this true crime kick on YouTube for a while there, like last year. Oh, wow. And there was this channel called That Chapter, where it's just, 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 just this Irish guy um, who I almost said bloke because it just sounded like something that the Irish people... <laughs> it's this Irish bloke who just, he just stands in front of a screen and kind of tells you about these different true crime cases. Uh-huh. And this was one of the cases that he had, he had kind of done a profile on. Um, so I was familiar, but it didn't make it any less compelling. That's cool. I'll have to look at that channel um yeah i didn't know what it was the the title just kind of grabbed my attention and i was like what the hell yeah uh so i didn't know what to expect and so i when i first turned it on i was like what's this gonna be about and then i loved that lady's enthusiasm when she's like there's one rule that you have to know about the internet (laughs) don't fuck with cats right and then to see what it had turned into yeah and the fact that he was like playing with them and like it is one of the weirdest things I think I've ever seen. It's so Truly. dark. It's yeah. I couldn't stop watching it. Like I binged it right away. The entire season. Well, I guess it's only like two or three episodes. Yeah, but I think it's three. Yeah. I just couldn't stop watching. I was so it's one of those things that's so out of the realm that of what feels possible that you just are like that can't even happen. And then here we are, like watching a documentary about it, you know? Um yeah, I thought it was really, really good. So I would highly recommend Don't Fuck With Cats on Netflix. I also watched that show Messiah all the way through. Oh, on yeah. Netflix. Were you telling me about that? Yeah. Um, it's got Michelle Monaghan in it, which is, you know, I've loved her ever since The Path on Hulu, which they canceled yeah, she's like, good. after the third season, which makes me angry. Because um, that was such a great show. But in the show... In the show, The Path, she plays the wife of, like, it's not really a cult, but, like, the world sees them as a cult. Um, And so this role just felt, like, right at home, like, almost like an extension of that in this weird Ah. way, right? Because she's dealing with somebody that thinks that they're the Messiah. I felt like uh, it was really, really good. I'm curious to see where they go with it in the second season. There was a lot of really interesting interesting twists and surprises in it and the guy that plays the messiah i think his name is medi um he's a really really good actor Ah. so yeah i would i would recommend that show messiah on netflix um trying to think i really want to recommend that channel that cooking channel with the weird titles oh my god yes it's like we i found this youtube channel that has like these random cooking videos but the titles are put in through google translate and they make no sense and like it's become a thing on the internet where people go just to see the title and like what the subtitles will be because it's all just like the person that made the channel i'm i don't know if they know 
that like that's why people go watch their videos but like it's a thing on the channel right yeah people go and they're like what's the title gonna be what's the video gonna be about and what are the captions gonna read um so i but i can't recommend it because the damn the channel name is in like characters oh yeah that's right so there i don't really know what it's called exactly it's impossible to recommend yeah that's a good point maybe i'll yeah just link it yeah i was gonna say tweet it there you go that's the way to do it yeah but it is delightful i've i've really enjoyed watching her videos very fragrant videos the most fragrant videos you'll ever see no like old people but like (laughs) perfect for old people (laughs) and children um honestly though like I wanted to make everything that she... I was like, I want to eat all of this. Like, this this right. looks delicious. I always have this weird, like, admiration for people that make the cooking videos. Like, the cooking tree. Or, like, all these um, Japanese or Chinese or, you know, those those channels that... Like, everything that they make, they do it with chopsticks. Right. And it's just like, ugh. Like, I just love watching people grab things with chopsticks, mix things with chopsticks, cook things with chopsticks. Like, it's fucking it's awesome. It's such a delicate art form, you know? It really is. Yeah. Are you are you good with chopsticks? Can you use them fairly effectively? I can use them, like, you know, if I'm eating some sushi or something like that. Rice is a little bit different, difficult, like, grainy things like that. But I don't yeah, really get a that's... lot of practice. But. I do like the idea, like, there's a certain romanticism in the way that I watch them use them, you know? Yeah, I do like it because they're such versatile tools, too. You feel like I could almost do anything with these if I could just master them. Right. Yeah, I'm the same as you. Like, I can can put some sushi down with them, no problem. But I've struggled to kind of get it to... Because I've I've tried. I want to use them more. But I just, uh, yeah, I'm not not quite there yet. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah. Uh, that's our recommendation. Chopsticks. Uh, buy Chopsticks. some. And give Everybody them a try. Chopsticks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, guys. That's the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. We're back. We're going to be doing all kinds of fun shows this year. It's going to be awesome. 2020, the year of Bushido. I'm telling you, you guys are going to love it. Uh, we're starting off with this big card. Uh, we'll be able to, we'll be coming back afterwards to tell you everything that happened and what we thought about it, and what the implications are, and all that. And yeah, I can't wait to talk about it again, and talk to you guys later, and it's going to be fantastic, so keep tuning in. We're back. Things are awesome. Fucking Bushido talk. Naya! Pew pew. There it is.